Again, tonight, I I hope you're having a very good week, and I know that the Lord has really blessed us. We're in a series entitled, America at Risk. There are two uh, sessions before this one, so if you're just tuning in with us tonight uh, for the first time, I would encourage you to go back and listen to number one and number two as you... uh, get all three of these together because really they go together. When we talk about America at risk, we're talking about the changes that we see taking place in our nation. These changes, many of them, started many, many years ago. It's nothing new, but our nation is a nation that's founded by leaders, 51 of 55 of our founding fathers had a personal belief in God, had a belief in prayer, believed in the Bible as as the Word of God. And our nation was founded upon the Word of God, belief in the Ten Commandments, the Judeo-Christian ethics that God determines right and wrong. God sets the rules and man is simply to abide by them. That God has provided government to to guide and to lead and protect the people. That doesn't mean government's always right. It doesn't mean the laws are always right. But it means there must be some kind of a civil guidance to a people to enforce right and wrong or there would just be uh, anarchy among us. So that's, that's what our study has been about as we've looked at it. Uh, session one, Scripture interprets history. And we saw that. And in session two, Scripture predicts history. We saw where there was prediction in Scripture that there may come a time when we're no longer able to preach the Scripture or talk about the Bible or the Word of God without reprisal coming from others or from laws or from government. At that time, there would just need to be civil disobedience, my friend, because the the higher calling for the Christian is God Himself. But tonight, we're looking at Scripture describes people who will shape They will impact history. I want to go back to the book of Jude. We were there last week in verse 3. Tonight I want to go back to verse number 4. Notice something that Jude is saying about people now in verse 4. We've talked about uh, laws. We've talked about founding fathers. We've talked about other things. But tonight we're talking about people. Notice something. Jude 4, Jude warns, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who will turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude is saying that this gospel that was once delivered, this faith that will probably change over time as it's attacked by those who do not believe. He then talks about in verse 4, those who are going to actually come and attack the faith, attack the preaching and the teaching 
and the sharing of the Word of God. My friend, we've already seen nations in the world that prohibit Christian missionaries from coming and sharing the gospel. I've been on mission trips before where you were not permitted maybe to hand out the scripture unless you were able to smuggle it in and give it away before you could be caught. Listen, friend, this this has gone on in other parts of the world. And I'm saying to you tonight, friend, we're going to see that unfold in our great country of America, I believe, before it's over. And Peter is describing, or Jude rather, is describing the people. Have you ever noticed the demeanor, the lack of respect, the dishonor that's shown toward other people, sometimes by those who are leading and standing up for change in America. I'm talking about politicians. I'm talking about community leaders. I'm talking about those that will uh, do protest around the country. My friend, it's one thing to protest and love your fellow man, respect your fellow man. It's another to protest and have no regard for another person. Do you see that sometimes you can tell by a person's attitude, the attitude of pride, an attitude of resentment, an attitude, a chip on my shoulder. You can see the lack of respect that sometimes people give others. Listen to me, friend. When Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and when the Holy Spirit is living in your heart and life, you're going to respect other people. You're going to treat other people with kindness. You're going to treat other people with honor. You may even disagree with what another person does or how another person acts. But you can still treat them with respect as a person also who was made and formed in the image of God. Now friend, when Jesus changes our heart, He changes all of those things in us. Now we've got to grow in many of these areas, but but God changes many of these things in our life. Well, Scripture describes people who are not going to have respect and honor and decency. He describes people who are just about, let's destroy what's there and let's replace it with our own imagination. Let's just replace it with our own ways, sort of like the the people at the Tower of Babel. We're going to build our tower And we're going to be God. We defy the living God. And my friend, there are people in our day and time that are in leadership in our countries who are defiant of God, of Jesus, of the Word of God, and the truths that Scripture tell us. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their lifestyle. You can see it all over the place. We need to understand that. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false teachers among the people, as there are false teachers among you, 
who will secretly bring in destructive heresy. Listen, this thing will destroy a country, bring in destructive heresy, even denying the Lord who bought them, and it will bring upon themselves destruction. Many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Listen to me, friend. You cannot rewrite American history. We cannot rewrite the foundation of America. It's etched in the walls in Washington, D.C. It's etched that you can see at the Supreme Court. We have taken Ten Commandments and prayer out of schools, but my friend, there are still many places that the commands of God and the Word of God and the love of God is still present. My friend in the Bible is saying here, there's coming a time, and I believe that day is upon us, my friend. A day where they're going to creep in unawares, get elected to office, get positions, get appointed, unawares, unnoticed. They've hidden their agenda. Some of them don't even hide their agenda. It's just out front. And people want atheistic kind of leadership. But listen to me, friend. Our America's founded upon God and a love for Him and His Word and the cause of sharing the gospel around the world using our resources. The Bible says this is going to creep in unawares and it will happen. And my friend, when it does, you and I need to understand it and realize that the Scripture has described these leaders and these people ahead of time. There are four characteristics of false teachers, these kinds of leaders that I'm talking about. Four descriptive phrases. Listen to them for a moment. They will be popularity seekers rather than truth tellers. My friend, there's a lot of that around today, isn't it? People who are seeking their own popularity rather than being able to stand on the truth. The truth. When I say the truth, I'm talking about the truth. The Word of God. We need leadership in our country from the top on through the local community of every place. Leadership. That's not seeking their own personal popularity, but seeking to live by the truth of God. The truth that God has stated about man in this Judeo-Christian world and ethic that we should be living by in America. Our nation, personal gain will become their primary interest. I'm interested in my own personal gain. I don't care about you. I don't care about what happens to you. I care about my personal gain. We see it everywhere, my friend. And it's wrong. And we need to pray that folks will repent. We need to pray for revival. Revival in our land. A third characteristic, personal life, does not measure up. My friend, can you believe the things we hear about the lifestyles of people in leadership in our world today. It's almost like we don't care. 
We don't care what you do. We don't care how you live. We don't care how you act. We don't care what you think or believe. We're going to be for you and we're going to vote for you. It doesn't matter anything about your morality or the Ten Commandments or God. We don't care. And we're seeing that more and more in our life, that the personal life is no significance any longer. My friend, we need to get concerned about that. We need to get concerned that godly people stop running for office because they're afraid that they're going to be so vilified they can never recover from it. My friend, listen to me. If you sin in the past and that sin is washed in the blood of Jesus and covered by the blood of the Lamb, you're forgiven and you're not guilty of it. And friend, just come out and if you're going to run for something, let it be known up front. And, and if folks can't handle that God's forgiven you and you've repented, if they can't handle that, so be it. That's their problem. That's not your problem. But be a person of truth whose personal life stands for what's right and godly. The last thing we see about these groups of people we're talking about tonight is that they pull others away from God rather than close to God. Wouldn't it be something, friend, if the laws of our land drew people closer to God rather than alienated people away from God? Wouldn't it be something if our leaders, just to be around our leader, just to hear a leader speak, just to see our leader who is out there on the front lines, whether it's an athlete playing professional sports, whether it's a college, a Tim Tebow type of a person on the college ranks, whether it's an, a, an official in, in the community in where, which we live, whether it's a, a, a lawmaker in Washington, D.C. or in Nashville or on the state level, wherever our, our governing bodies are, wouldn't it be something if we saw folks that, that were unashamed, unashamed to be a person of God and they just exuberated with a love and a compassion and a genuineness that drew other people and other people came around them and said, you know what, I'd like to be like you. I'd like for my son to be like you. I would like for my daughter to be like you. I would like for them to have that kind of a, a walk and a testimony for Jesus. But my friend, sad to say, we've reached a point in our country that that's far and few in between. For most of us with children and grandchildren, we'd have to say to them today, when we look at the leadership across the board in our nation, when we look at the anger and the bitterness on the faces of those many times that lead us, it's almost like we say, well, no, I don't want my son or daughter to be that way. I don't want my grandchildren to be that way. My friend, that's a shame, isn't it? We are the greatest nation on earth. We ought to have the most godly and the greatest and the grandest people, the most exciting and joy-filled people, the most committed to what's right morally in office leading our country and our communities than any nation in the world. Why? 
I'll tell you why. Because that's who we are. We were founded upon the principles and the godly principles of God. Well, we began, and I challenged you early on to read the book of Romans, or or Romans chapter number 13. I'm turning to it for a moment. I'm just going to read a couple of verses and we'll close. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will be brought, will bring judgment upon themselves. And then he closes in the last couple of verses. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly in the day, not in revelry, not in drunkenness, in lewdness, nor in strife, nor in lust and envy. But let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who makes no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I encourage you, friend. Enjoy and pray for revival in our great country, America. Love the pledge of the flag. Honor the king. Honor the leadership. Pray for the people. Pray for those who are in responsibility over us. Teach your children and grandchildren respect. Love those in authority all over our community. And God will bless you. And God will strengthen you. And God will keep you. May God bless you as we serve Jesus and let the Christ of the Word and the God of the universe fill our hearts with love and blessing for our fellow man. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, thank you for these three Wednesday nights we've shared together. May we honor you and praise you. We do pray for revival in our land, revival in our country, revival in our churches, in our government, our leadership. Thank you, Father. We exalt and glorify Jesus, our Savior. It's in His name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.